0: Wildcard weekend in the NFL playoffs gave us the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you need to start getting excited about college basketball here in the state of Wisconsin. All of that coming up on today's edition of the 414 Sports Podcast. Let's go. Oh! But instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. Welcome in. It is the 414 Sports Podcast. I'm Don Wachillis. Thank you so much for joining us. Whether you've done so on Google, Spotify, Apple, or any of the other five platforms we currently reside on. Glad to have you with us here on this Tuesday, the day following the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. And let me say, this was on social media yesterday in the midst of a lot of people uh, posting quotes and, and clips and everything else with regards to Dr. King. And somebody late last night posted, I hope that everyone who has posted something on social media today follows it for the next 364 days. And I, I just thought that was so well put. As Dr. King, we celebrated uh, his his life and what he's meant to this country and for those that looked at quotes and video clips and whatever, uh, obviously following that for the next 364 days would help uh, help us all a great deal. So let's get into the state of sports here as we just wrapped up wild card weekend in the NFL. On 414sports.com, I posted an article and I called it What If." what if this happened, what if this happened, and so forth, and just kind of looking at the various games with the wild card weekend intact, what would it mean if, insert there. So let's run through some games as there were some duds, and there were some good ones, and there were some epic malfunction failures by some teams in this first round. So let's start off Las Vegas-Cincinnati. The Bengals get their first playoff win since heaven knows. I think Saved by the Bell was a hit TV show the last time they got a playoff win. They beat Las Vegas 26-19. to Las Vegas had a chance at the end. That was probably one of the better, most competitive games of wild card weekend, but Cincinnati now will move on and the interesting thing on social media yesterday, if you saw it, Rich Bisaccia, the head coach, the interim head coach for the Raiders, uh, is seen in this picture writing personal notes to every member of that team, thanking them. That's a team that went through a lot. When, when you get the issue with Gruden, when you get the issue with uh, the receiver – creates uh, an incident where he kills somebody in a drunk driving accident. I'll say allegedly. I don't need any lawyers showing up. Um, To hold that team together, he and Derek Carr, the way they did, and to get that team into the playoffs and play as well as they did, that, that was a miraculous, huge hurdle that the Raiders took. Now, the Raiders yesterday released Mike Mayock, the general manager. So you got to figure when a new general manager comes in, they will definitely be looking for a new head coach. Uh, And you just wonder if somebody like Rich Passaccia is going to get a chance, going to get an interview outside of the Raiders. He's done a marvelous job with that team in the midst of everything to get them to the playoffs. And we talk about people who deserve an opportunity he might be one of those you need to put into the mix. Then later that day, it was Buffalo all over New England. New England just forgot to show up. Bill Belichick, for everything that he's done with a rookie quarterback, uh, what his history is as far as X's and O's go, how he gets his team prepared, they were not prepared to take on Buffalo, losing by 30, 47-17. to 17. Buffalo looked every bit of the playoff, Hopeful, the playoff contender, the Super Bowl. Hopeful, I should say. Not playoff hopeful, but the Super Bowl hopeful that many people had hoped for. So we'll see if Buffalo can continue on the pace that they're at. Tampa beats Philadelphia. Philadelphia didn't look like a team. Well, okay, they didn't look like a team who belonged in the playoffs as Tampa beat them 31-15. to But if you can find me another team in the NFC East that would have belonged other than Philadelphia, I think you'd be hard-pressed. The NFC East this year when you throw in the Washington football team and the Giants, that, that's just a bad division as far as football goes, and it showed as Tampa Bay just rolled all over them. Then we get to the game of the weekend probably, and that was San Francisco and Dallas. San Francisco now will be headed to Green Bay. It's a 7-15 kick on Saturday night. As the 49ers will now take on the number one seed, the Green Bay Packers. They beat Dallas 23 to 17. Everybody is at nausea breaking down the very last play with Dak Prescott, where he chose a quarterback sneak, went to slide, the ball doesn't get placed back in time, clock runs out, they don't get a shot at the end zone. Couple of things. Number one, pro teams understand that in order to make that play work, you have to hand the ball to the referee. They didn't. Dak gave it to his center. So you wonder if in practice, maybe that's how they practice that particular play. You run, you slide, they gave the ball to the center, center snaps. Because in the heat of the battle, as I've heard more than one person say in breaking it down, you rely on muscle memory. So maybe that's just what they did in practice, ill-advised, because the back judge, by rule, has to touch the ball. And he had to fight his way up through the line to just touch the ball, and that extra second or two is what cost Dallas an opportunity. Let's remember, it didn't cost them the game. It cost them an opportunity to try and tie. Quite honestly, what cost them the game were 14 penalties. It was ridiculous watching that game to see how many penalties the Dallas Cowboys incurred in, at times, crucial parts of the game where Dallas had an opportunity to really get back into things. Holding penalty. There was a defensive holding penalty. On on the line, How, how do you get a defensive holding penalty? Why are you tackling... A guard or tackle. What, what was that? But in doing so, all of those penalties are really what cost the Cowboys an opportunity. The Cowboys ran a fake punt, and they did so successfully. And then it looked as if they tried to keep the punt team on the field, maybe to hold, which I, I don't necessarily understand because now it's first down, but maybe to hold the 49er defense – intact their punt return team intact and then with about 15 seconds they suddenly run the offense on well they ran the offense on and seemingly weren't sure what play to run cuz if you watch the replay Dak Prescott is peering at the sideline looking at the coach like what are we what are we running again you have to then give the 49ers now time to substitute since you substituted but because you ran the clock down so far when the referee finally takes his hand off the ball that everything is set and ready to go the clock runs out the 32nd clock runs out so you get the first down but then you turn around and incur a five second penalty or a five yard penalty excuse me for delay a game i i really don't know how mike mccarthy survives Going into, that was one of the what ifs. What if the Cowboys lose with all of the various things that have happened with the Cowboys this season as far as clock management, penalties, you name it, and they've been able to survive in the NFC East because it's the NFC East. What will the Cowboys do? That team has got way, way, way too much talent to go out the way they did. Now, if they went out in a shootout, if it was one of those hard-fought tooth-and-nail games and you came up short, that's one thing. But the Cowboys lost essentially because they couldn't figure out how to not commit a penalty at any point throughout that game. And for the 49ers to only win 23-17, to you begin to scratch your head a little bit as well. The 49ers played exceptionally well in that opening quarter, and you thought the 49ers had the potential to run away with it. And I don't know if Dallas made some adjustments. I don't know if the 49ers changed their play calling because they got out in front and had a lead. But remember, the 49ers, what they did to the Rams in the final game of the regular season in order to get to the playoffs was come back from 17. And one of the reasons they were able to come back from 17 is the Rams got away from what they were doing and ended up costing them a victory even though they won the division. The 49ers almost repeated that against the Cowboys. And so with the 49ers coming to Green Bay, hopefully it'll be cold. I, I Hopefully it'll be cold. And my empathy, sympathies, whatever – Athy, you can put at the end of the word, for the people that will be in attendance there Saturday night, you're the best, but I hope it is cold because I think this 49er team could be in trouble. Now, you got Jimmy Garoppolo, who, who has already got a detached ligament in his throwing hand, in his thumb, which is being literally held together by tape. He's the better option over Trey Lance, who they went ahead and got in the first round at the number three spot and traded the world to get Trey Lance, and yet you're still going with a quarterback who needs tape in order to hold his thumb in place, now apparently has a sprained shoulder that he incurred in the second quarter against the Cowboys, having to go in to Lambeau in the cold? If you can stop the run, Green Bay... And we'll break this down a little bit later in the week. But if you can stop the run, Green Bay, you got this. You got this. This this has got one of those earmarks of a team that really would rather probably play indoors or in some warmer weather because of the injuries that they possess, but are going to end up in the frozen tundra. And I think that bodes well for the Green Bay Packers. We talked about you need a little bit of luck and you need some momentum. Well, the 49ers have momentum, but the Packers this year have had some luck fall on their side. So we'll see, once again, how that plays out, and we'll break that down a little bit later in the week. Kansas City steamrolls Pittsburgh 42-21 to as they'll advance. Why does Kansas City have to make every single play look like it came off of Madden? It they Every single play looks like a video game play to me when I watch the Kansas City Chiefs. Every single play looks like We'll call it a trick play, for lack of a better way of saying it, as opposed to just running, at some point, a bit of a conventional offense. That could be trouble for the Chiefs. The Chiefs are good. They look good. But they don't look like the team that steamrolled everybody a couple of years ago. So it'll be interesting to see as they move forward. And then the only other team that maybe helped the Cowboys cover up the angst of watching the 49er-Cowboy game on Sunday was watching the Rams in Arizona last night as the Rams beat the Cardinals 34-11. to The Cardinals were terrible. That was, that was just terrible. And everybody's getting excited over Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford went like 13-17. Matthew Stafford didn't have to carry the team because the Cardinals were so awful. And because he didn't have to carry the team, they could run the ball, they could run some dump plays, whatever whatever the case may be offensively. Because he didn't have to carry the team, tell me what the difference is between Matthew Stafford in that situation and Jared Goff. Now, there may come a point where the quarterback has to do more and you have more faith in Matthew Stafford. But I'll tell you, if the Rams end up having to come to Green Bay, should they beat Tampa Bay next week, we've seen – What Matthew Stafford looks like in the cold. I'm uh, anybody else worried? I'm just I'm not terribly concerned. So that sets us up. Obviously, Cincinnati now will play Tennessee, San Francisco will play Green Bay. We've got Tampa Bay and the Rams. I think that's a really, really interesting matchup. And then Kansas City and Buffalo, which I think is. Another interesting matchup as well. So as we get into the divisional playoff realm of the NFL playoffs, now we'll start to see hopefully some better games. And again, as far as the Packers go playing Saturday night at 7.15, we'll break that down a little bit later in the podcast. But I, I still I go back to that Dallas game against the 49ers and can't believe how the Cowboys kept shooting themselves in the proverbial foot in committing the type of penalties that they continually committed with the talent that they have. If you're a Dallas fan, I get why. I get why you were throwing things on the field, even though it's terrible that you were doing it, have a little bit of class, you lost the game. But then Dak Prescott, to me, didn't help things when he was uh, a little perturbed, we'll say it that way, that he felt like people were throwing things at the Dallas Cowboys, which I would get. But then when he found out that many were throwing things at the referees, he was like, oh, I understand that. No, you don't. You can't fault the referees in this case. And there have been some calls in the wild card round that have been highly questionable, head-scratching to say the least. But in this particular game, it had nothing to do with the referees. You watch the tape. You watch, as I said, a defensive lineman commit a holding call by tackling the offensive lineman on the 49ers. That has nothing to do with the refs, especially when it happens right in front of them and it's as blatant as it was. So if you're a Dallas Cowboy player or fan, I understand being perturbed, but take some ownership. You played awful. You played awful. And that one, to me, has to go on the head coach. So if Mike McCarthy survives this, good for him. But quite honestly, I just I, I wonder how he can. It'll be interesting to see what happens in Dallas here over the next few days. As I mentioned, we'll preview these games a little bit later in the week on a later podcast. And for now, let's take a break. And on the other side of the break, college basketball is really starting to amp up here in the state of Wisconsin and in the 414 as part of southeastern Wisconsin. We're talking Badgers and Marquette right after this quick timeout. Welcome back. Let's get into some college basketball. Before we do that, here comes a shameless plug. Don't forget to check myself and the professor Dan Underberg out each and every Thursday from 6 to 8 on 1250 AM. The fan here in Milwaukee as we do the college sports show with our producer Evan Heffelfinger. And we thank Waterstone Bank for their sponsorship of that as we'll be talking a ton of college basketball coming up on Thursday. And if you miss anything there, make sure you head over to either 1250thefan.com or you can get the show on the Odyssey app by downloading that app on your phone and then going ahead and checking things out. So let's talk some college basketball here because it's been an amazing run right now for, A, the Wisconsin Badgers. Let's start there. They have climbed to number eight in the latest poll. This is a team that many thought might finish last in the Big Ten. And what do you say about Jonathan Davis? In every breath of those that cover college basketball, many are talking about Jonathan Davis right now as the National Player of the Year. Now, before we get too happy, Let's realize that we've got a lot of basketball to go, and let's realize there's going to come a point where the Badgers will hit a little bit of a skid. We saw it happen to Baylor over this past weekend, losing their last two. Baylor was the number one team in the country. So you got to figure at some point the Badgers will lose a couple. And as I said on the last podcast, the telltale sign will be, what is the bounce back? How do they handle things? So Jonathan Davis last time out against Ohio State, not necessarily what we're used to seeing out of Jonathan Davis. A respectable game, but not necessarily the the domination, let's say it that way, the domination that we've seen in others. And yet, now we're starting to see people like Brad Davison and Tyler Wall step in to where Jonathan Davis, when he has an off night, being able to fill that void. And they ended up beating the number 16 team in the country last week, Ohio State, 78-68. to Now, I had a chance to jump on uh, the morning show today with Bart Winkler on 1250 AM, the fan on the Bart Winkler morning show and one of the things I had said to Bart is, and I'll say it here, we have yet to see Wisconsin play a full 40 minutes. Wisconsin has had lapses in conceivably, conceivably excuse me, every single game they've played. We have yet to see them play a complete 40 minutes. We've seen it with Marquette. We'll get to them in just a moment. But we haven't seen it with Wisconsin, which makes things for me even scarier on how good – this Badger team can be. Now, tonight, they'll take on Northwestern. It's an 8 o'clock tip down in Evanston. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed because there is something about Evanston on the campus of Northwestern, whether we're talking football or basketball, they tend to provide a bit of an issue, we'll say it that way, for Badgers fans and players alike. And so this should be a win on paper, but you never count a Northwestern Wildcat team out, especially when they're playing Wisconsin. Then the marquee matchup of this week will take place on Friday as Michigan State will roll into the Kohl Center, ranked number 14. So when we get to Friday, we're going to get a top 25 matchup, an 8-14 matchup, and we'll see how the Badgers take care of business there. Again, it's so nice to see this Badger team now becoming more cohesive, finding some comfortability with one another on the floor to see Tyler Wall stepping his game up. Brad Davison now looking more like Brad Davison almost in his freshman year with experience as far as handling the ball. Brad Davison's shooting percentage has gone down after his freshman year seemingly every year within a couple of percentage points, but it's noticeable at the end of games when his offensive production hasn't necessarily always been there. This year now, it's starting to rev up a little bit, so we're seeing Brad Davison obviously joining Jonathan Davis, and now we're getting Tyler Wall, who's playing much better, so that should help the Badgers here down the stretch. We're looking at a team that about a month ago, I said if they make the Sweet 16, that would be a huge success. This is a team that could, depending on the draw, with a little bit of luck, you could see this Badger team back in the Final Four if things progress, continue, and we avoid the injury bug um, and the illness bug moving forward. And when we talk about the Marquette Golden Eagles, another big win at Pfizer Forum as they beat Seton Hall. 73 to 72. Seton Hall ranked in the top 25 going into that game. And when I say the Badgers haven't played a complete 40, we've seen it once with the Golden Eagles. And that was against Providence. They manhandled Providence for 40 minutes. They beat them 88 to 56 to really start this four game winning streak. But Marquette against Seton Hall, had that lapse as well, they were able to hang on. And now they run this gauntlet. And like I said last week, if they could win two of this next, what, seven games, five games? I think it's seven. That would be a huge milestone. And they got the first one against Seton Hall. Now they have to go to Villanova. Then they're at home against Xavier. Then they have to go on the road against Seton Hall, on the road against Providence, and then back home against Villanova before taking on a UConn team on the road that is always tough as nails. So out of that stretch, you pick the one where you think they're going to take away a victory because they could conceivably lose each and every game. I don't think they could conceivably win each and every game. But if they could get one or two in that stretch, they are seriously making a case for an NCAA at-large bid when we get to tournament time without even having to worry about winning the Big East. The last few years, under Coach Wojciechowski, under Coach Wojo, it was all about down the stretch. You're going to have to win the Big East if we're thinking about getting in. They get one or two of these once again in addition to their win Against Seton Hall, this is a team that is making a case from a resume standpoint about making it into the NCAA tournament. So you add Seton Hall. Obviously, we talked about them beating Providence. Earlier in the year, you beat a decent Kansas State team. And then way back when, let's not forget, they beat Illinois, who was ranked number 10 at the time. They got a win against Ole Miss. They got a win against West Virginia. Some schools that have and are considered to be in that quad one when you start evaluating the at-large berths and and wins that you got. Yeah, it was important that you beat a team like New Hampshire, but when you've got teams like Illinois and West Virginia and Providence and Seton Hall on your resume, that just bodes well when it comes time for March. And then it'll be interesting to see – if Wisconsin and Marquette make it and the FISER Forum hosting the first round of the NCAA tournament this year, will one of those teams, in essence, get to play at home? All going to be fun as we make our way through the rest of January and in through February in, in looking at what will take place here in the state of Wisconsin regarding Division One basketball. Before we close out, I want to give a shout-out to Wisconsin Lutheran College, the women's program. Little old Wisconsin Lutheran College sitting over there in Tosa. They've got on the women's side of things at the Division III level the number 23-ranked team in the country. So joining the likes of Whitewater and some other outstanding women's programs excuse me, at the Division III level within the WEAC, Wisconsin Lutheran College now at number 23 in the country when it comes to Division Three women's basketball. So congratulations to them, and that'll do it for us. I'm Don Wachillis. Thanks for logging in and joining us. Don't forget to hit the like, subscribe button, wherever it pops up on your phone or your computer. We would definitely appreciate it. This has been the 414 Sports Podcast. We'll see you in a couple of days, and then we'll begin breaking down the divisional playoffs of the NFL. Take care. <laughs>